Hey, I'm Sheena, former miserable corporate attorney turned full-time calligrapher and creative entrepreneur. I used to feel like I was living my life for other people, and now I am more true to myself than ever. And each week, I'm sharing a short but powerful lesson that I've learned on that journey. So if you're looking for a way to get more creativity and possibility into your life, you're so in the right place. Let's dive right in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sheena Show. I'm wearing glasses. <laughs> I actually wear glasses all the time. You just probably have never seen me on here with them on. So <laughs> giving them a try. And also they're a kind of cheesy tie-in to today's topic, which is being smart. So this episode is especially for all of you out there who you're really smart. You're really intelligent. Maybe secretly you think you're kind of the most intelligent person in the room most of the time. I'm going to tell you why in this episode I used to think that way. And now I think there's actually kind of a curse, (laughs) three curses actually, to being smart and definitely to thinking that you're the most intelligent person in the room. So if that sounds interesting to you, then keep listening. When people used to ask me about myself or, you know, if I came upon like a a personality quiz that asked me like, okay, what are your strengths? If I was at, you know, at a job interview, say, or thinking about that, like if you were to ask me what my top strength was five years ago, six years ago, I would have said without hesitation, my intelligence. I mean, that is the thing, my, my book smarts, my intelligence, that is a thing that my entire life up through my early thirties, that was what I hung my hat on. That was the thing that everybody praised me for. That was what I got the most validation out of. I got straight A's in school, not a single B all throughout, I think elementary, junior and middle high school. Maybe I got one B plus in penmanship actually. (laughs) Um, I talk about that in another episode, but anyway, virtually all straight A's. I got a perfect SAT score. score. I went to the most prestigious college. I went to Harvard and just really my entire life. It was, oh my God, Sheena's so smart. Sheena's so intelligent. And so of course I internalized that even going beyond that stuff, like the way that I grew up, my parents are extremely intelligent in like all the classical ways. We actually, classical music was what we listened to exclusively growing up. I played 13 years of classical piano. We had just shelves and shelves and shelves of books in the house. They were all in Korean but there were thousands of them anyway, just lining all of the walls. We went regularly to fine art museums and we'd go see classical and modern painters. I grew up in a house that really valued intellectual smarts, that kind of intelligent book smarts, you know, classical music, art, and school smarts. So it's really not a surprise (laughs) that I went, you know, most of my life thinking that's the most important thing. And that's certainly the most important thing about me. The most valuable thing about me, what I have to offer is that I'm smart. 
recently, I have really come to rethink that and realign my values. So since I quit law in 2013, I've really been on this journey of working with a life coach, tapping into my intuition and inner voice, seeing the value in myself beyond my achievements and what I can produce, really thinking deeply about why I'm here and what it means to be alive in the universe. And I got to tell you, my beliefs have really shifted. So now I can look back and see that there were actually a lot of downsides to this I'm the smartest person in the room kind of mentality. And I'm going to outline three of them for you. I'm calling them the three curses (laughs) of being smart. And curse number one is a huge one. It's feeling like you have to have all the right answers. Raise your hand if you've ever felt that and felt kind of on the opposite hand, if you don't have all the right answers, small, ashamed, debilitated, like you're not worthy. I totally used to feel that way. Like, okay, all of my value is in being smart. It's in being the smartest person in the room. It's been being intelligent. I have to have all the right answers. Even if I don't have all the right answers and I know it, I had to pretend. And it really, it was to protect my ego. It was to protect that fragile I'm balancing on one pedestal here, one leg, intelligence. That's all I got. That's all I got. So if this falls, all of me falls. That was how my ego used to be, right? So if I didn't have all the right answers, I would try and pretend that I did, which is terrible, right? And it can lead to all sorts of miscommunication and horribleness down the line. Or I would fight really hard to look like you know, and convince others that I actually did have the right answer, even though I didn't. In fact, I remember my sister. I have a sister who's two years younger than me. I remember her telling me, Sheena, I don't like talking to you when you're like this. Because I used to get into really aggressive debates with people. And I used to think it was fun. (laughs) You know, I was a lawyer. I was trained as a lawyer. So, you know, part of it was that, but I used to think it was fun to really try and convince other people that I was right. Oh, of course you would say that, but you know, you're not thinking about all these things over there. And I would just talk louder and faster. And I would use bigger words in an effort to convince people that actually they were wrong. And I was right. It was a little gaslighty now that I think of it. And all it was doing was protecting this fragile ego that I had that was completely balanced on the fact that I be smart and have all the right answers. I look back on it now and I'm like, ooh, that wasn't the best way to be. What my sister told me was proof of that. So that's just curse number one. (laughs) Curse number two really flows from curse number one. Curse number two is not being open to learning from everyone around you. If you think you're the smartest person in the room and actually if your value rests on being right and being the smartest person in the room, then everyone else by definition is not as smart as you. Everyone else maybe doesn't have anything to teach you. If you're right about everything, you have less to learn. It's actually the opposite of this Buddhist concept of the beginner's mind where 
even if you're going into something and it's the thousandth time that you've done it and you think you know everything and you assume that you've got it all down, if you approach and go into it with a beginner's mind, there's always more that you can learn. There's always a new nuance. There's always something you didn't see before. You can continuously keep growing with that mindset. But with the I'm the smartest person in the room mindset, you don't have that, right? You have a very closed off mind. You are constantly seeking to just protect the idea that you're right. So you're not open to other ways of thinking, to other viewpoints, to the fact that you might be wrong because being wrong is so threatening. To give you another real life example from my own experience, I've been in expensive programs where I felt like the smallest fish in the pond, the dumbest person in the room. And I've been in expensive programs where I felt like the most successful person in the room. Guess where I learned the most? Absolutely, without a doubt, when I felt like I was the smallest fish in the room, in the pond, I learned so, so much. Because when you're a small fish in a big pond, there's so much room to grow, right? both as the fish <laughs> and there's a lot to explore in this big pond, right? Whether, whereas when you're the biggest fish in a small pond, there's not really anywhere else to go. This ex- these expensive programs that I've been in, like $30,000 programs, I'm planning to tell you about in a future episode. So stay tuned for that. So that's curse number two is just not being open to learning from everyone around you. And then curse number three closely relates to curse number two. And that's thinking that you're the smartest person in the room and really thinking that you have to be the smartest person in the room or else it really leads to a narrow view of the world. I used to think that being smart, there was really kind of one way to be smart. And that was my way the way that I grew up with, the way that I excelled at. It was book smarts. It was doing well in school. It was reading a lot and writing a lot. It was listening to all the sophisticated, classical, you know, cultural references. It was very linear, cut and dry. It was doing well on tests. That's the kinds of smarts that I thought there were like out there in the world. That's the kind of intelligence I remember before I met my fiance, when I was dating, when I was out there in the Los Angeles dating pool, I really remember in my dating profiles, you know, and thinking in my head, I have to find someone intelligent and putting that, you know, in my profile, like someone who's smart, someone who likes to debate, someone who reads a lot, someone who went to a good school, someone who kind of thinks the way I do and can have witty repartee with me. I thought that that's what I wanted because I thought I had a very narrow view of what intelligence was and what smarts were. And I've now just expanded that view so, so much because there are so many ways to be smart out in the world. My current fiance, who love of my life, we're getting married next year. I learned so, so much from him every single day. I would have rejected him if I had seen him come up in my dating, you know, apps previously. Totally. No way, right? He wouldn't have fit my criteria. But now he is smart in such a different way than I am. He doesn't read books at all. He doesn't like reading. Information does not enter his brain easily that way. But he absorbs a lot. If he wants to figure out how to do something or build something, he can figure that shit out. He taught himself um, really complicated engineering software and programs 
just, he learned that all on his own just so he could do a job. He reads people in a really emotionally genuine and empathetic way. People trust him. People invite him to things. People open up to him. He has so many intelligences that are over and beyond and different from mine. And I thank him every day for that. And I thank my past self for opening up <laughs> to the possibility that there are different kinds of smart people out there. And that's just one example. I mean, I've been uh, in creative business for six years now, and I've seen so many different examples of people who just, they can build community like no one's business. They can connect with their clients so, so well. They can whip up a brand identity that's just so sharp and on point. There's just so many different kinds of ways to be smart. And I've learned so, so much by opening up to the possibility that, hey, maybe I'm smart in certain ways, but I'm certainly not the smartest person in the room. And there's so much to learn out there. And that's okay. I now value the kind of smart and the kind of intelligence that I have. And I value so much the kind of smarts and kind of intelligence that everyone else has. And it truly is not threatening to me. I want to be the dumbest person in the room a lot of times so I can learn. And it has just brought me so much more comfort and so much more opportunity for growth. I'm not like perched anymore on just one thing. I realize I have so many other things and qualities and beautiful qualities holding me up and so does everyone else. And it's just, it feels like a more beautiful way to be. So for those who think that you're the smartest person in the room, for those who secretly fear that if you were not the smartest person in the room, that everything would come crumbling down and you would be worthless. It's not true. I hope that my experience in this episode helps to kind of crack that open for you. All right, as always, stay on that crooked creative path and I will see you in the next episode. Signing off, Smartsheet. Hey, if you're interested in learning calligraphy and you want to do it for free, I have a calligraphy workshop that I created just for you. I know how frustrating it is to buy the wrong tools, to not know how to use them for everything coming out of your pen to look like nonsense. That's why I created this training. It's about an hour long. It shows you exactly what tools to buy, how to prep those tools, how to get started right, and how to continue practicing so that you actually get good at calligraphy. And bonus, it will tell you a little bit more about how to continue working with me if you want to learn calligraphy from me. So that's at freecalligraphyworkshop.com, all one word, freecalligraphyworkshop.com. Hope to see you inside. Oh, you're still here. That's awesome. That means that you like the show, right? Thank you for listening to the end. And I want to ask you a really quick favor. Could you take two seconds right now, literally right now, to just leave a rating on this podcast? And if you're feeling extra generous, write a one sentence review. It really helps more people like you to find this show. You are awesome. I'll see you next time.